I'm your host, Ken McKay, and I know a lot of interesting people. I bring them on, and I ask them dumb questions. In this episode, Rick Hilton, Calgarian actor and improviser and instructor. We talk about his upcoming production of An Improvised Macbeth. This is part one of my chat with Rick Hilton. To the Dumb Question Podcast. Awesome. Thrilled to be here. Here? Where is here? Uh, this yellow room in which we sit. <laughs> we could be anywhere. We're in people's ears right now. We're, ah. in, we're living in someone's head. Okay. Well, it's clean your ears. <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> we're mumbling that's a cue for you that's to right. clean. It's not us, it's you. Your ears at home. <laughs> so I haven't seen you in Eight months, nine months, it'll been a while. Yes. So what have you been, what, what's going on in the world of Rick Hilton? Well, I've had your baby, and uh, I was meaning to tell <laughs> you. You, no, you kept it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, eight, nine months. Uh, all, well, lots of workshops. I've been teaching a whole new crop of uh, brand new uh, Calgarians on uh, Keith's vocabulary, and that's been going super well. Uh, we have started working on a project, or I'm directing a, a new Shakespeare uh, goes up in a, in a couple of weeks, three weeks, somewhere it, around there. A, a so. week. When this when this comes out, it'll be a week. Ah, it, so it's coming up soon, <laughs> uh, and uh, we've been working at it in a very eclectic schedule. It's actually taken about six months, but we've done it at a very uh, piecemeal way, much like shooting a film, so that it fits into people's real lives. Because of course, actors in Calgary have got to work, and in order to work, uh, you've got to have the time to do it. Uh, so. Um, it's been uh, once a week uh, we get together, sometimes twice, and we're doing this project. So it's been fairly busy. That's good. Yeah. So I'm excited to see it because uh, that's coming up in March uh, 12th, 13th, and 14th. Friday the 13th, kind of easy to remember, eh? Yeah, that'll be a good one. Yeah. Because which brings up a point is yeah. is the Scottish play is historically been. Are you a, not allowed to say it? Are we in a theater? Th- this or this here? is a. I'm calling this a theater space, so I'm going to respect the traditions. Kind of looks like a workshop <laughs> space. It's, I guess we're on show, stage. Show, shows have been performed here. All right, so, we'll so I'm going to. Is the Scottish? I will, even though I'm not superstitious at all. However, when you're actually working on it, I mean, how do you? Uh, how do the two main characters address each other, uh, or someone who comes in to speak to the main character? Uh, uh, Lord Scottish play. <laughs> Uh, uh, here to wit to the thousands of you know it doesn't work yeah, we end up, yeah at some point you gotta go okay you we're, gotta working, we're, we're working on here let's, right. let's deal with it right. uh, I do appreciate the tradition though okay the, you know, even though I'm not I'm not I don't believe there's any it's there's, a Scottish play written by Shakespeare uh, that starts with the letter M. Yeah. <laughs> For those playing at home, <laughs> uh, does it have? Uh, it's a good good point. You know the whole spookiness about it, and that's why I chose Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. A, the theater was available, <laughs> <laughs> and everything else followed. Right. And B, I went Friday the Thirteenth. That works because the uh, the tradition or the heritage of this play has been uh, kind of haunted. 
And we had discussed that right at the outset on how to address that. There are some actual traditional Calgary actors, uh, very good ones in it. And so I wanted to be careful not to trod upon people's uh, superstitions, right? Um, has it had some bad luck with me? I mean, how uh, can you put bad luck and circumstance together and say, well, therefore it is? Uh, or uh, did the bad luck happen regardless of whether I was working on this production or not? Uh, I don't know. But at no point did you feel we need to bring in an exorcist yeah. in. Shakus, yeah. yeah. Something's going on here. Yeah, the Scottish plays caused, you know, my child to move out, which is actually not bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had, well uh, I, a couple months ago, I went to Australia and I had a copy of, of the Scottish play in my bag. I was reading it. Yeah. And uh, they lost my bag. Uh, nothing but problems. I was held at security at the in, in LAX. Um, like, uh, they, they came up and I'm like, this is, I've traveled a lot. What's the problem here? And I go mm -hmm. pull my bag. I'm like, damn, I got this freaking Scottish play in here. And I'm like, I was like, I'm not superstitious, but. <laughs> but clearly you are. Clearly, like, like yeah. now I'm like, do I bring this? Now freaking, you are superstitious. This, this, well, this. do a test. Fly with uh, Catcher in the Rye next time. Yeah, 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 see what they mix do. it up. Mix yeah, it up. That's right. I mean, you've done one example of what one you, thing. Of course, of course, it's 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 uh, do, it's bad science. Do people do, search for uh, you know why my bad luck happened and therefore it must be? I think that's more the case. Yeah, of course, you know. shit but happens. And... Historically, the play's been uh, you know surrounded by screwed up shit. Where uh, oh, am I allowed to say that? Uh, we'll, we'll try to keep it. I think we'll. I think. I think we dropped two s bombs. We'll I'm a try, very sweary we'll guy, so you you give a bell. I, I, I can. Something. I can. I can set a little flag. And in, I apologize in this. to your viewers. And so. in, we'll, we'll label this as explicit. So we'll, this two is people a, uh, <laughs> sitting listening to this in the basement of their mom's house. First of all, move out. <laughs> You'll make everyone <laughs> Second happy. Second of all, I'm really sorry for the s word, but. You know, uh, where were we? We're talking about the uh, hauntedness of it, and uh, what's well, creepy? It's a creepy play. Well, the play itself is creepy, sure. Yeah, yeah. But is it uh, is it the fault of the creepiness of the play that in the past historically stuff has happened to actors who've played these roles? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, um, I saw an interview with uh, Sir Patrick Stewart, and he had just come off uh, a running of it, and they asked the questions like, "Did you have any problems with it?" And he's like, and he he kind of laid out, it's like, well. There's a lot of fight sequences in the play. Mm -hmm. um, maybe not more than less. I don't know compared to anything else. But there's a lot of uh, uh, intricate fight sequences, a sword fight. There's a lot of grappling mm -hmm. and all that type of things. And, the, yeah. and that alone can lead to accidents, injuries, sure. yeah. that sort of thing. And then you add a kind of a creeping feel on top of it, people yeah. might get a little creeped out of it, like, well, everyone's getting hurt in this thing. What's going on here? Well, we're, <laughs> our sword play is, uh, is it's awesome. Uh, Peter Abrams has been directing the stage fighting, and we actually are using broadswords, uh, uh, and he's doing some really great broadsword choreography. Uh, however, he's been more than, than safe, McSaferson, as I like to call him. Uh, I mean, we did it today in lightsaber mime, so, to, <laughs> so they walk through the steps, right? And they're very familiar with where step here, step there. Uh, touch wood, uh, that hasn't been a, a, a danger issue. Let's see what happens after it's done. Uh, at this moment, uh, you know, sure, people have gotten sick, but it's How, February. What, it's like, what, what production <laughs> so, hasn't had someone right. else sick ever? You know, I, no, I, I don't know. So, well, for your sake, call it the Scottish play. <laughs> yeah. but I'm color me dubious. 
Yeah, if you if you want to drop the M bomb, hey, that's on you. <laughs> that's on you. I just you know I just I I I, I there's right. so few traditions in my line of work sure. that 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 we can still carry on. Right. And I think this is it's a, to me it's a fun little tradition to go. Eh, All right, yeah. sure. I mean, if it sure. out, you might have to get the beeper uh, out. Well, we'll get the beeper out. I well, can't well, swear or say that. You no, know, if you if you if you if you drop a series of of, <laughs> of expletives, we'll just mark it. And okay. They've been pretty clean so far, which is pretty oh. which been pretty good. All right. Um. But it's good. Yeah, I'm, we're excited for that. I thought, like, because I'm trying to attend the 13th. Nice. Uh, and uh, yeah, I thought, like, bring a black cat or my neck. on the 13th or more than the other two days. I mean, I, I go, wow, people are really getting into the, the spookiness <laughs> for you, you come up first thing, and you break a mirror, yeah. and just we're be done with it. <laughs> well, and, you know, we've had a couple of uh, discussions, I guess, about things like how to, how to show this beheading. Yeah. Because beheadings right now are really not cool. They're topical. They're topical, <laughs> but for the wrong reason. They, they were, right? and, because before they were really hip, right? It yeah, was really hip. It People were into it. It wasn't like a pop culture, uh, uh, you know, you weren't seeing beheadings on Facebook. Yeah. But now we are. And uh, so we've had some discussions about that. Oh. That's kind of creeped us out, wondering how do we deal with this? Uh, real, uh, be respectful, or... Do we do it Bugs Bunny, you know? Uh, it's still up in the air. Mm. We haven't answered that yet. It'll be interesting to see what you guys well, come up with. Well, different, but keep your expectation bar <laughs> low because <laughs> we honestly don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, have there been previews? I didn't see anything about previews. Have uh, we haven't done any, but we may do one. We're in the engineered air on Wednesday, March the 11th, and we're going to run it. Uh, maybe we could treat that as a... A preview dress uh, we we would be keen on getting some people to come because it's improvisation and we need an audience yeah. we've been doing uh, mostly the hard lifting of the of the project and you can't rehearse improvisation you can workshop the skill sets needed for it and be prepared but you can't actually rehearse an improvisation so yet here we are rehearsing uh, a production and quite a lot of rehearsals you know less than a typical play but significantly more than what you do for an improvisational show. Which is show up uh, an, an hour, hour before. before <laughs> if you're lucky, and hopefully you're sober, and, you know, you, you get your pants on and go. <laughs> Am I wearing pants? Good. We, yeah, I'm good. set. You're I'm in. set. I've warmed up. You're warmed up. Taking <laughs> <laughs> well, a warming up, I thought it was funny. Some of the stand-ups in town are trying to get together with the improvisers and mm-hmm. trying to, like, create new shows that where both things happen and maybe get some sketch writing and try to wow. think. And uh, there's been some, I won't say tension, but totally. miscom- miscommunications between the groups because, right. uh, you know, it's like improvisers warm up by clapping and saying each other's name. Yeah, and pointing and, at each and, other. and stand-ups warm up by, you know, maybe drinking, mm-hmm. you know. Smoking. <laughs> smoking, yeah. being sullen, yeah. you know. you know. Everyone <laughs> that liked to, uh, how to phrase this without swearing, uh, before a show, an oral gratification to his genitalia. Ah, <laughs> that's, that's a, a traditional warm-up. Traditional warm-up. <laughs> so in these two groups meet, everyone's like, "Yeah, we're gonna, we're all we're all in the same industry." Yeah, but no. it's like uh, there's some different yeah. mind. Well, I worked in the stand-up club for eight years, uh, emceeing, doing twenty minutes. Uh, we even headlined a couple of nights, did a forty-minute improv bit, and the the it is night and day. Uh, is the I liked and got along with most of the stand-ups, but there was a definite antipathy 
a definite antipathy, and it's worldwide, and you're never going to stop. Different it. energy, different coming at it from a different angle, and yeah. it's. Oh. They don't respect the lack of writing, and uh, <laughs> the uh, improvisers don't respect the boring repetitiveness of a stand-up routine. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that, my friends? <laughs> <laughs> you told that same joke last night. Uh, that's it's right. like, yeah, that's yeah. the point. <laughs> and the night before, and the night before, and for the last two, three, <laughs> uh, a, effing a years. It's a five, <laughs> five-year-old joke. That's why they tour. Everybody, you know, everybody's senior bit, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, th so that antipathy is real yeah. and pronounced, and you, uh, good luck trying to get that community, those two communities together. Yeah, it's I, been, you know, I wish you luck. It's been, uh, stop and go, like, there's some people who have, some students are starting taking improv classes. Sure. And that type of thing, and it's all, it's and all within. And the improvisers should write. Should write. I mean, because yeah. it, it's my, I mean, you being one of Keith's first students, like first mm. or second classes, was it? I'm a second class first student. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's my understanding that Keith developed the the process to get through writer's block to be able to write. Yeah. Is that correct? Well, that's where the word block came from, uh, because that's what you feel. Everybody who's been in front of a keyboard or in the old days typewriter, and you've sat down and tried to put something down. Uh, at some point, it's inevitable where you will stop and go, what? Nah, yeah. I, uh, what was I doing, you know? Uh, and that's, uh, that's a form of a block, right? It, 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 there's no reason why you can't continue to write infinitely all the time. But mm, human nature takes over and you stop. So it's just making sure the stoppages aren't inhibiting the production. But eventually you get back to writing again. Yeah, so for stand-up, like I'm having a hard time writing stand-up. It's very well, probably not the most difficult, but it seems to be. It's very challenging. Right. And uh, and uh, but taking improv helps that. And so I mean, I'm glad to see more local stand-ups or stand-ups in general taking improv, even if they never become improvisors. Mm -hmm. uh, the techniques are all. They are, and in fact, it's one of my last. Uh, last, it's a, another one of my. Uh, ambitions is, uh, and I'll do this one day, I think that the road to good writing through improvisation should merge, uh, or can merge. Um, I want to go down to the uh, down to the cave, old friend of mine, and, and actually within parameters of like a precy or a synopsis, improvise new material that then I can write. Mm. And do some stand-up, just all by self, not doing a word at a time alone, but doing uh, uh, reflections on my life on what I think, uh, you know me, I beak off about a lot of stuff, and why not get a microphone and do it in front of a bunch of drugs? Now it, make, now it makes sense. <laughs> you know, I think it, uh, I'd love to be political about it. I yeah. crave the, the, uh, the, the uh, one of the things I crave is to be able to go out and rant about the things that really piss me off. Sorry, another one, uh, in, in the world in which we live today, including all things political and, uh, and societal but in a hopefully not boring way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if you do that on the street corner, yeah, no, one's, people, no one's going to make eye contact with right. you. They're going to keep walking. But that but, Hyde Park, uh, the speaker's corner I've seen, and it's just awesome to watch these guys basically stand up. And yeah. They've got this stuff written, but they've got to improvise at some point because people start to throw stuff back at them. I, thought was, I found that riveting. I, I was blown away by that. Hmm. Yeah, because that's one of, like, when you hear stand-ups talk about, like, when people yell, either heckle or just interject something. Something happens in the room. Someone gets drunk. Mm -hmm. Someone knocks something over. And those, the, the things that happen in those moments are often, like, the best thing that happened in that sure. show. And I'm like, yeah. that's improv. 
yeah. all night. Beautiful. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that moment is beautiful. Well, let's uh, go back to the project. This is sorry to talk about yeah. myself, yeah, you yeah. Know, but uh, that's one of the things I'm trying to convey to to some really good actors we've got in it who have more of an acting background than an improv background. That it's about the wheels falling off and how you deal with them that makes you a, a joyful improviser. You know that, and the audience loves that. If it was rehearsed so that it was so perfect, well, there's no there's no chance for the wheels to come off, and the wheels must come off at some <laughs> point. And it's how you deal with the wheels coming off that that really makes for a glorious night. And the more relaxed you are and open-minded and willing to kind of go with the mess-ups, the better. And and in fact, you should embrace them. And there's got to Keith would always say, make at least six mistakes a night. <laughs> At least, you know, he, he was angry if it went well, you know, he go, well, that ran too well, uh, because it's better to be seen as a joyful improviser than a, than a skilled one. Right. I'm sure you've seen the clip of like Madonna turfing it at, at, at the award show. I saw the picture. I didn't see the actual uh, yeah, YouTube so some, thing. Some, the, she's, got, she's wearing this huge cape and the cape and stairs, <laughs> which bad, combo. bad. Yeah, you can see bad it. Combo. You can see it not working. She should have asked. So many of us have tripped yeah. on stairs with capes. <laughs> yeah, she's walking out and someone is, I don't know if the cape was supposed to come off or something. Right. Basically the cape hooks on someone and of she course. just pulled backwards, which is the worst off the stairs backwards. Off the stairs backwards into the thing and I'm thinking, and she's surrounded by backup dancers. So she, so if everyone was like cognizant of it, you'd think that they could... Like, they would have caught her. They would have caught her or uh -huh. re recover somehow. And but I'm, they're not. They're I, so focused on the moment of no. their choreographing that the improv doesn't happen. They're, they, they, they're not there. They're that actor, you know, having to step, 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 where they could be a real human being going, catch the poor Catch, catch her, move, yeah. turn her around, turn work her around. keep her on the beat. So she wipe right out, eh? I was, it was horrible. Like, it's not, it's not funny, but it's like just as a moment of... This is what can happen on stage. Even to the brightest and best even, and even the greatest The most stars. experienced. And a little bit of you like that, right? Come on. There's Madonna falling off the stage. Is she, is she, wait, hold, hold it. Is she okay? Yeah. Okay, okay yeah. now it's now fun. Now I'm going to laugh. Yeah. yeah. Which is how Keith would say to make all falls. I, he's okay. <laughs> and it allows you to laugh. People go, oh, okay. Meanwhile, his knees laugh. bent backwards. Because yeah, that was him, funny, him, Madonna. Do it again. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> No, I look for. I'll go. I'll Google it's, that. It's, when I it's, get it's interesting just to see like everything go wrong precisely as one sitting back watching it would expect. <laughs> it's like in the moment you're probably. Like, I'm sure they, she did it 20 times Perfect. flawlessly. Yeah. But somebody would have went. That's a and it's a long cape. It's a long. It's huge. It's like it's all like, those backup dancers need improv classes. You know, pay attention to the moment you're in. Or stunt. Coordination or something or, to go watch. Yeah, you think so, yeah, dancers yeah, would be better at that. Yeah, you're dancing, but this is a moment where you're going to have to watch. You're going to have to stop dancing and catch the poor gal. Because <laughs> she's in heels yeah. and the whole bit's like, this is a moment where. Well, she could get hurt. Catch her if she falls right. and, and, and help her out, and right. no one's going to be. No one's gonna be mad if the guy stopped and flipped the, the cape off of her. And they would have <laughs> applauded wildly, wildly. You know, it's like when a stumble happens on stage, and there's that awkward pause where you can see the actor go oh, in his head, and the audience goes, oh, it's like they're being tickled. And whatever happens next is perfect. Yeah. Because any recovery is what you're looking for. And the moment you do that, the 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 audience just loves you. But if you deny that, if you try to, well, that didn't happen, uh, you know, and move forward, they go awkward and oh, and, you know, it's not the same response. Yeah. Embrace the failure. The wheels fall off. You're lucky to have them falling off. 
You know, it's the best thing that can happen to you in an improv stage in state show is for it to actually go wrong. <laughs> in, in the in the safest way possible. <laughs> well, I, I don't I, I would, like the safe way. I, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't wish injury on anyone, but... <laughs> no, of course. So you don't want injury. I'm talking uh, imagination yeah. going wrong. Uh, yeah. Your story going wrong. Uh, the words weren't said as you thought they were going to be. Uh, those are the mistakes that are commonplace and normal. It's what makes us human. And the audience are all filled with humans, mm. and they embrace <laughs> it when they see themselves reflected on stage. I'm, I'm watching real human failure here, and it's, he's okay! <laughs> oh, that's so good. Sorry for laughing. No, it's good. That's so good. Because no, you always see that, and like, meanwhile, you're like, yeah, is he really? Right. <laughs> but at the same time, you're like, you, you get permission to... But the actor has to be okay. Has to be okay. Because the play's got to end, and you can go see the doctor when it's over. <laughs> you know, suck it up. <laughs> Welcome to theater. Could have been a doctor, but no. No. <laughs> So what would you have been if you didn't fall into improv? Corporate lawyer. In fact, I'd already been accepted in three or four schools. Uh, this is the greatest <laughs> disappointment of my parents' life. Uh, I'd already written the LSATs. I'd been accepted in Osgoode Hall. So for those of you who know, it's kind of one of the better schools in the country, uh, at law schools. Uh, I was up there uh, in the GPA department. Uh, you know, I had all the bells and whistles of... This guy is going into law for sure. He was taking law classes at the UC because I'd finished my undergrad degree early. But that was the irony is that I'd finished it early. Uh, all the requirements were done by my second year. And I had all of these electives to fill. So I was uh, living slash sleeping with a stage manager at the time. Uh, and she said, oh, you, you know, I want to keep my GPA high. <laughs> That's the big goal, so yeah. I get in the race school. And I don't care how, and I want to write as few exams as I can. She says, I know this new professor is coming into town uh, named Keith Johnstone, and why don't you take an acting class? And I thought, oh, yeah, what the heck? I liked, uh, you know, the drama girls I dated in high school. I didn't have any issues with it. And I took this class at the same time that I was taking uh, 600 level grad classes and first year uh, undergrad law classes. Uh, and I loved his class so much it changed my life. And I, I went, did a complete 180 and said, I wrote to Osgood and went, I'm not coming. <laughs> and um, I, I think probably to this day they go, uh, has anybody ever said no? <laughs> <laughs> to, to without, without degrading it, basically to run off and join the circus. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And I love that idea, uh, you know, without, without juggling, no juggling. No, uh, he, uh, his, he and his work uh, changed my life. Wow, life-changing moment. Yeah, I'm sure it has a lot of people. A lot of people. Everyone who's he's taught has has either gone on to kept with it, or if they went off and did other things, I'm sure that that training stayed with them. Well, I wasn't in the drama department uh, in at the university, and if I look at the people who graduated from the drama department in the same year as me, the ones that were all the main stage Wojtek and uh, Three Penny Opera stars and the the big name uh, actors from that drama department, uh, none of them are working today. And I, st I still am, and I was never meant to be working as a as a, a performing artist. You know, I'm supposed to be a lawyer. So, what's that all about? <laughs> you can't plan. That's improv rule seven or whatever. You can't plan. Over. You know, my advice would be know those life changing moments when you see them, and embrace them. Um, sure, I'm a poorer man financially because of it, but am I poorer? Uh, I mm. don't think so. I have uh, I have had a life, and I have ha I've got a lot of uh, amazing relationships because of it. Wow. Well.
What's that worth? Yeah, yeah you can't. How, you know? how do you put a price on that? Yeah, and all that crap in my head that's floating around that comes out every now and then. What's that worth? <laughs> <laughs> You've seen it. Because as, as a lawyer, yeah. I'm sure you could not have. Way less fun. You, you could not have said. <laughs> I would have hated myself. If you tried to uh, my microwave a baby as a lawyer, right. that, that'd yeah. be problems. Yeah. Uh, that's right. <laughs> People would uh, object uh, in a very big way. And I would probably be struggling to get out of the profession, get as rich as I can so I can not be that. Whereas I look at this now, I go, I can see doing instruction like this until as, for as long as I can speak. I don't even need to stand. I can do it from a chair. You know, uh, this, this play that we're working on, I just, I'm having the time of my life. It's, rehearsals are awesome. They're, I crack up. I can't wait personally to see it. Because it's going to be so different each night. Right. And we're doing it in a film-type method, so it's a bit disjointed, you know, mm. going back and forth, jumping around. We probably won't run it until we do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And, and it's like, uh, I can't wait to see it. Right. I really am looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, it's a pretty short play. It's one, I think one of Shakespeare's shortest. Yeah, we'll make it a lot So did you like punch though. it up? Is there things no, to add? Did you add, did you add anything? We're, no, we haven't added. Well, have we? Well, what we have done is we've maintained some stuff that I've been doing a little research on. Like that. I knew nothing about the M play before I started. And now that I'm in it, I've been doing a little reading on it and how other directors have been tackling it. And there's some chunks that directors just cut right up because it doesn't make any sense. It seems gratuitous. Uh, to the play, they're correct, mm. uh, but I'm sticking them in too, because that's what all the scripts have in them, and therefore I'm going. Well, let's let's stick it all in there. Wow. Uh, so, am am I punching it? No. Am I adding anything? No. But I'm subtracting nothing. Every single scene will be done. Wow. Every single all all of them. Because I know with with uh, Hamlet, we had to go in there with a. Uh... With well, a hatchet and five-hour play, come on! <laughs> and, and cut out. We cut out Norway for heaven's sake. You cut out, you yeah. cut out the whole subplot. <laughs> yeah, uh, we never saw Fortinbras. And cut out big chunks of which, in many productions, that never that never made sense anyway. Like you, there's, you have to be really careful what you take in and out. So, yeah, um, yeah with the Scottish play, like being able to do everything. Because for me, it was always like once once he becomes king. And things go to shit for him. <laughs> and then there's all the political wrangling. And there's all the scenes where two people come together, talk politics, and then leave. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, and, I forget, and they're all got Scottish names, and I can't <laughs> keep them all. Who's, 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 who's supposed to be king and who's not? And yeah. it all becomes this big, muddy mess <laughs> of, of politics. And it's like, I don't like this part. <laughs> well, you bring up really good points because that's been the common denominator with a lot of Shakespeare's plays is it's inaccessible. People go... What? Who? What? What's that guy? You know, you're like the guy in the movie theater that gets lost. Right. Keeps asking questions about who's doing what. And it was never meant to be that way. I, I think a lot of people have theories of Shakespeare, but I think he wrote it to be the simplest of plays at the time. Well, yeah, because like the, when we watch uh, Shakespeare, we have the benefit of having studied Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. And we get confused. The audience, the groundlings in the never globe, did, did, have never yeah. seen this shit yeah. before. So how did he make it? How can those idiots understand <laughs> it? Because they were idiots, uh, and yet it's uh, seen here in North America or modern modern days as being, ooh, you're going to be a professor to, yeah. to fall of love with this. That's crap. So what you'll find is this play will be easy to follow. <laughs> It'll be like watching a wrestling match. It's uh, I haven't had to dumb it down in any way. It's just made it clear. You know, at least I, that's mm. my goal. Let, uh, come see yeah. and tell me if I did it right. <laughs> you know? well, that's good. Yeah, because uh, I've seen a couple versions of it, and some are more clearer than others, but there's still that muddy part. But three quarters of the way through, it's like, 
you know, as, I <laughs> as much Shakespeare as I've been in and done, this was a play I have never read or seen a production of. Mm -hmm. And I did that on purpose because I, after Hamlet, I was over at T at Keith's house. And uh, I'm, for those of you at home, and, uh, or should I just say Larry, <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening. If, if, if Edwin's listening yeah. to this, thank uh, you for watching. Keith Johnson's yeah. a British uh, theater professor that taught me all this voca crazy vocabulary. Uh, and and he, I asked him, uh, you know, I'm looking around for another project. I like Shakespeare, but... You know, some of it I don't like. And he goes, well, make sure you pick something you don't know very well. And, uh, and uh, I, 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 he reminded me of that Tempest that he did. First time I met Keith before he took his class was doing, uh, watching his version of the Tempest at the University of Calgary. I was the house manager. So I got to watch the tech and all three shows, all four shows. And after it was over, and it was an awesome production, by the way. It was just mind-boggling. He's standing next to me as they're striking, and I go, Professor Johnson, can I ask you a question? He goes, how did you do this? Like, it was just this, this amazing thing with bands and flying things and people in tights and winged things. That was marvelous from beginning to end, and I was stunned by it. And he goes, well, it's because I chose a play I knew nothing about. I don't want to be tainted by another man's viewpoint. And I honestly knew nothing about the Scottish play. I didn't take it in, in high school, never read it before. First time I read it was when I decided, well, we should have a crack at it. So I thought, well, I better read it. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least once at some point. Yeah, and I haven't watched the production since. I've done some reading about other directors, but I haven't actually seen anything by anybody. So I honestly don't know what anybody else has done. Hmm. I have no clue, and I don't want to until after, after it's over. That's a fresh take on it. I always, like, even at the hint of a project, will try to consume as much of the material as I possibly can. That's the analytical in you, right? <laughs> yeah. you the data guy. That's how you do it, right? Yeah. You, that's how you understand a beach as you count the grains of sand, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was kind of a different approach because I'm merging improvisation with the, the narrative. So uh, there is no playbook. Mm. You know, like I said to the actors today when we were kind of stumbling through a tough section uh, and uh, Lady M was really giving me some hard questions and I could tell that in her mind she was going... WTF is going on with this <laughs> thing here that you call, and I and I said we're inventing something here. Uh, we started the process with Hamlet, and we're taking it a little further here because it's the, I'm still inventing the process right. of how to put these grand literature literary mm, stories with improvisation. So honest to God, no one knows the answer yet. And as the same as we didn't know the answers when we first started doing improvisation as a performance piece to begin with. That was madness. Improvisation was meant as a workshop for actors and plays. A performance piece? Have people pay to come watch you improvise? <laughs> John Cleese says that's like having people pay you to look at your dirty laundry, which is where dirty laundry got their name from. <laughs> so uh, yet this madness of doing improvisation in front of an audience is now what? You know, everywhere. Established, it's understood, yeah. In this yellow room we sit in, it's uh, all over. There's uh, 150 groups in L.A. alone doing improvisation. That didn't happen in 1976. So, yeah, I've been involved in the creation of something new, and that is the interesting part to me. That's <laughs> the greatest thing, not the ultimate just keep performing it. I'm kind of bored with that, frankly. <laughs> uh, uh, but what's interesting and what keeps my interest in this art form is, is the cr constant creativity, the constant creation. And this project, Emerging Improvisation with Shakespeare, we're inventing something here that I don't know what it will look like when it's done. 
Wow. I don't know if we even finished it yet. I knew we started it with Hamlet, and I don't think we finished it yet. So come see and see how far along. I don't think this is finished. You know, he says holding the script in the air. Give <laughs> <laughs> me the visual. The, 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 the people at home, right? Yeah. It's like, whoa, whoa, slow down. What is radio? Yeah. <laughs> To my interview with Rick Hilton and all past episodes, go to standupcomic.ca.